0: Welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. I do a lot of reading during the week about current and secular events and controversies. I do that not only for this program, but also because, as you have no doubt heard me say endlessly over the last year, I am an ordinary Catholic, like other ordinary Catholics, just trying to navigate living a good enough life that will at least get me to purgatory, where I know that heaven is in reach. Yes, I admit, like perhaps anyone else, I'd like to bypass purgatory entirely though assuming indeed that the beatific vision requires a purity of spirit that is not achievable for me or anyone on earth i understand the necessity for the purification of purgatory my old pastor my late old pastor used to call it jim for the soul those of you catholic and non-catholic who don't believe in heaven hell or purgatory might find such a concern of mine precious not in the sense of being valuable but in the sense of being fussy or fastidious or worse plain old crazy that I happen to believe in these quote myths and have any concern for my disposition after death. Assuming arguendo as we lawyers say me a retired lawyer basically that heaven, hell, and purgatory exist, then whether I go to any of the above is of great moment for me and for you because, I mean, eternity is, pardon the expression, a hell of a long time. Well, actually, there is no time in heaven or hell, but you get the sense that the short life that we lead and the consequence of that life that's very disparate in terms of whether or not you consider this life more important in terms of your pleasure or not in terms of the consequence that happens down the road. Anyway, who I listen to in this great scheme of theological witnesses, professors, journalists, popes, bishops or priests or read from, say, the Didache, to the Church Fathers, to Aquinas, the Council of Trent, Cardinal Newman, or more recently, Bishop Strickland of the more traditional view of such subjects, or Richard Rohr, or the late Hans Küng, or a a Father James Morton, actually might mean my, our, respective souls. And while I am and ought to be, as a Catholic Christian, very concerned about the state of other souls, I have difficulty enough in steering the ship of my own. So I look at some things. They continue to trouble me. And thank the Lord, I have this forum in my dining room that helps me to stay sane in a world that is determined if one anthropomorphizes the world in all of its facets, in my view, to drive me insane. So, what, in Dorothy Parker's words, fresh hell is this that preoccupies me? There are a couple of things. One is that there's some possibility that Pope Francis may put limitations or the kibosh on the TLM, the Traditional Latin Mass, but since I don't yet attend a Traditional Latin Mass parish on a regular basis, that one, important as it is, isn't quite getting me worked up, but the one that is primary, and that is the request of the Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin, that a priest, Father James Altman, who came into the forefront during the COVID lockdown because people were just starving for the faith that had been denied to many of them by the secular society and the collaboration of some of the leaders of the church should resign for his quote, divisive and ineffective end quote words and behavior. Well couple of things. One, I have to say that I've been very blessed personally here in Los Angeles, perhaps surprisingly in some ways in Los Angeles, that I was able to be having access to the sacraments even through the terrible COVID lockdown, which seems, I say only seems because who knows, is lifting as we speak. But there are places all over the nation where the churches just closed and that was that. In fact, I was talking to somebody today who came back to my parish during the COVID lockdown because their parish did not even try to do outside services during the lockdown. And so this person who was married in our parish has returned. But as I say, that didn't happen in a lot of places. And there are still some churches that haven't quite gotten back into the swing of things. Well, when I first heard Father James Altman, he was on a subject that hasn't gone away, nor should it, as it will in my insignificant view, be one in which our whole modern era from 1973 to date and beyond will be judged. That is, abortion, and the support and promulgation of it by our lay Catholic politicians and by, primarily, Democrat politicians who are Catholic. It's also big as a part of the party platform of the Democrats. So I heard Father Altman around the time of the election. And you know what he was? He was blunt. He said what is the teaching of the Church. He said it in a way that the secular world and apparently the most visible portion of the Catholic hierarchy felt was the big D, divisive. One of the many synonyms for divisive is troublesome. That he certainly is. There was a king once named Henry II who had a priest. This one who happened to be an archbishop leader named Thomas Becket. Becket challenged the king on clerical authority and excommunicated some other bishops. The tradition is that Henry offered this exhortation of a request that his soldiers carried out most assiduously, and for which they were later punished. Will no one rid me of this troublesome priest? Becket, Saint Thomas of Becket, was disposed of while before the altar of Christ with all deliberate violence. Henry did penance before the people, only God and he know if his penitence was real. What did Father Altman say? You cannot be Catholic and vote Democrat because of this primary position on abortion, which by the way, I read today, the president is seeking to enact legislatively, make it not only the law of the land through the court, but make it federally the law of the land. Oh boy, Father Altman, them's fighting words, right? Are they? Not really. Well, look at the logic. Now, I don't have the skills of a professional logician, the kind that used to teach at university, but here's how I see it. The church teaches that abortion is a grave sin, and its inducement, promotion, or aid thereto is also a grave mortal sin. The kind that unrepented is a huge problem post-mortem, your post-mortem, my post-mortem. Politicians like our president, who would quite literally codify abortion into the law of the land, beyond that which the judiciary did back in the self-proclaimed enlightened 70s, or Nancy Pelosi, who self-defines her Catholicism in contradiction to the 2,000 years of its history, not only support, but promulgate the grave sin as a good. The Democrat Party platform is the nice sounding choice, which means, if you look a lot closer, the deliberate end of the life of a child, which that science we are always being told to follow when it fits partisan propositions exists in the womb, well, at least we know that there is something separate in there that has a heartbeat, not your own, at 10 weeks. So you can proportionalize all you want, but the fact is that there is nothing illogical in what Father Altman says. It is unpleasant to hear him say it, and we Catholics don't like the unpleasantness of being told that we have sinned, any more than the rest of the society that has co-opted us. And then Father Altman apparently went further and suggested that there were issues with the vaccine that public and political pressure is forcing everyone to have. Well, quite frankly, I don't know how I feel about these vaccines. I have done them when required for shingles, for pneumonia, for the flu. And I didn't do the flu until I did turn 65. And this not being the hill that I wanted to die on, I did take the COVID-19 vaccine. But I'd be lying if I said that, given my own suspicion of the societal march to totalitarianism, and not by the so-called alt-right, but by the liberal progressive, or actually the leftist progressive, because as Dennis Prager says, there is a distinction between the actual liberal and the leftist I had doubts and I still have doubts about it, but I did take it. I did the vaccine deed. And I do concern myself with the long term effects. And I have very real concerns that the entire handling of the COVID 19 crisis was part and parcel of using a real disease among many real diseases to restructure our society, getting that darn old Judeo-Christian religion stuff out of the way and substituting for it a global secular religion with all the ritual and liturgy attendant thereto. We can, and I'm sure we will, given the tone and tenor of the times, disagree over my sensibility in that regard, my review of the world in which I also experience reality, and obviously see it very differently from many, but not differently from a lot of others. So here's my problem du jour. It's less about whether you agree or don't agree with Father Altman. It's about the fact that other priests currently in vogue get to say whatever they want antithetical to church teaching and continue to have free reign. I am not aware that anyone in clerical power asks those priests one or more or two or three to stop teaching anything things obviously not in accord with the faith as the world denominates it father Altman is bad because he's called alt-right alt-right has become anything that suggests our values need to be transcendent and objective rather than man-made and enforced by the power of the state There apparently is no brooking the idea of an alt-left, which says implicitly, if not explicitly, that all is permissible, especially if someone who can cancel you says it is. As to ineffective, I am not sure how one can even vaguely say that Father Altman has been ineffective. He is one of a few priests and bishops who have kept the Catholics trying to live out their faith that they accepted, and don't expect the church to conform to their whim, having a modicum of hope, and counter their sense of being utterly gaslighted. His parish, I understand, is thriving. He is sought out. The amount of money raised for a defense because he has declined to accept the suggestion that he resign, he has to defend, as is always the case, even from his own church, the money coming in has been astounding sounds pretty effective just not the effect that powers that be both secular and clerical apparently wanted to be or in the approved of direction again that's the problem the direction appears to be in accord with the teaching of the church so why would anyone silence that particular person while letting others say things directly implicitly so obviously not in accord with church teaching here's the thing for me one of the many things for me as a lowly catholic infantry man whoops man woman person referring back to dear old pre-christian plato's view my soul possesses two parts i am the charioteer of two big horses one the noble spirit the other of passions feeling and irrationality my job is to navigate and harness these two profoundly contradictory parts of my innermost being with christ in the picture he provides the road to redemption from which the irrational the evil that part of my soul that would damn me but which in the throes of our irrationality our passion i ignore somehow he helps me gives me the grace shows me the way to navigate those things and let me just say and it will be our little secret that the musings of the more reformist members of the catholic church about the way to heaven and the flexibility of the catholic faith appeals to me i'm telling you appeals to me significantly more than the very difficult teachings of the church i am human I'm a single woman of passion, even at this late stage of the game. What am I doing being chased? Why am I worrying about sin? What an idiot, right? I can see some of you nodding with Gnostic knowledge and fervor. Yep, she is an idiot. From a purely personal point of view, there is a part of me that hates towing the line. I don't have to. I have cover, don't I? say a Father Martin, or an America magazine, or the multitude of bishops and priests who never preach about mortal sin have told me so. My problem is a sensitive conscience, or as the society might say, I am someone who has been brainwashed into believing that anyone can ask of me hard things to quell my passions, or to act more in accord with my noble spirit the one that God created that was good, but unfortunately because of sin inclines towards evil. I went through my phase. I will again go through a phase of saying to myself that the things that the faith asks of me are unreasonable. My passions say so. When I left the church, lapsed, part of the reason is that I was in variance with a significant teaching. Maybe, you know, call it out of hormones or psychological circumstances or whatever. But I was out of sync, and I can tell you, I made every effort to tell myself, supported by the society at large, and the yaha defections from the Catholic Church by priests, nuns, and everyone in between, to say that the Church's teachings were and remain just unreasonable, impossible, foolish, and frankly inhibiting to my pleasure and fun. Well, I guess that's true. And any sin that I worried about back in the day, even less than, say, living together and having sex outside of marriage, whether straight or gay, adultery or all of the things we're fussing over now, was long since considered by the society and even by people within the church as no big deal. But I came back because at the depths of my soul, I knew there was something wrong with my decision to leave. I always knew it something so basic that I couldn't ignore it. Salvation. Yep, yeah, salvation. I had to stay inside the frame where things were rational and clear and aiming toward the good and the noble, but more than that, which meant, to me, embracing the Lord of the heavens and earth who died at the hands of passions and irrationality. Father Altman speaks to that person, and I don't think I'm the only one, as has been demonstrated by this last week's events. Not perfectly, Father Altman, as he is an imperfect man, but one voice seduces the one that says, it's okay, do what you feel, and the other doesn't merely challenge, but inspires. I understand if you don't agree, but why is it so essential to silence a Father Altman That alone makes me sense that I and other Catholics who support him are on the right track. When someone now says divisive, what they are saying is that they are making me uncomfortable. If everything I am doing is so wonderful, what do I care if Father Altman preaches against it? Why do I have to silence him, particularly in a nation of ideas, good and bad, and in between, or so it is? used to be, and within the church, if he is speaking the truth of the faith. I think he is asked, or his lawyer has asked, to be shown what it is that he has said that is antithetical to the faith of Jesus Christ taught for the last 2,000 plus years. Show us what he is saying that has no basis. If it's okay to vote Democrat, then it has to be okay to support abortion, since that's a primary position of the party that you're voting for. That's your position. Stick to it. Father Altman and lots of other people disagree. The teaching of the church disagrees. Why do you require Father Altman or the church's approval? Do what you want. No one is stopping you, but you cannot say that you are in conformity with the teachings, and he has not only the right but the obligation to speak. Here is a really small example of what i'm trying to say how i sense in my soul that these few voices trying to tell catholics they are falling into perdition and being frankly short-sighted as our few years of life are nothing to the eternity are right i'm a person with a lot of anxiety a lot of us are but when that anxiety builds into a manifestation of fear and anger And happily only when i'm alone for i rarely do so in public i find myself reflexively cursing like the proverbial sailor i have a default word it's a nasty one feels great it actually seems to help at first to relieve the horrible tension i am feeling is it a sin well i guess that depends i do confess it as one though i can honestly say that i don't deliberate before it happens, in quotes, it happens, when I have confessed that the image I have is a frenzy. I stop thinking. I stop caring about being nice or certainly about being holy. I'm just an animal, the horse with unbridled passion, and it feels good. God does not let me go, but I lose sight of him, and then I come back to some, well, normalcy a uh, civilization and I'm mortified at my lack of control. I take solace in the fact that I did not intend for this to happen, so one could argue that there is no sin, but I know how easily I can slip into more deliberate failures and dismiss such as these. That slippery slope catches you off guard until one day you say, I don't care that I'm doing this or that, I need to. I feel the need, I give in to the need, and I can always justify it. I come to the conclusion how lost I am without accepting the grace that God proffers within the church whose teachings are so readily dismissed and whose few shepherds are actually reminding us of them. Father Altman and those like him let me know I am not alone when I question the version of reality, I mean unreality, that is being foisted on me. And when the bishops of the Church respond to secular and pseudo-Catholic forces to deprive us of a full spectrum of ideas, I find that I am more aware of the devil's ministrations. So, my major point in all this diatribe is let Father Altman speak. We each of us have to leave to our Catholic theology and our consciences and the forming thereof whether or not we agree with him and can ignore him or listen to him. One of these weeks I want to do something light, but we're not living in light times. And the main thing I want to say about these programs is I'm really not trying to force any belief on any of you. I'm just telling you what I'm thinking about and how I'm struggling with stuff. And I suspect other people are struggling with the same stuff. It's impossible not to be if you're paying any kind of attention or you just got technology in your apartment or your house. Tis food for thought. Anyway, if you've enjoyed the program, please do indicate that you did so in your comments, or if you have any questions or you want to add to what I'm struggling with, please do so. And I look forward to talking to you next week.